It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 167 of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. 167, what? Yeah, it has, uh, it has been a while. It has been. I'm sitting here with the world's uh, best Drake impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to explain that now, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Kevin, the last time we podcast, Kevin maybe had a little scruff at the most, but now he's got like a full on beard, like a like a Portland, like yeah. North Portland kind of beard going. Yeah, yeah, and he's, and he's got the the puffy vest on, and uh, and he but he did he did a Drake impersonation for a youth event at his church. Yeah. So backstory: uh, our youth group um, was doing a lip sync battle night, and uh, there's this guy. Actually, he's been on the show, Zach Shoot. Uh, he's a he's a 16 year old student who I've been kind of mentoring as a worship leader. He wants to be a worship leader one day. And uh, so him and I kind of have a friendly rivalry where we, we you know, we kind of give each other a hard time. And so he challenged me to a lip sync battle. He challenged me. Nice. And I, I can't pass up a no, challenge. You, you know, I mean, it's like a double dog dare. You yeah, yeah, you can't pass up a double, double dog. But so he challenges me to the youth group lip sync battle. Just him and me for the for the the main event, right? And there were some there were some other lip sync battles, but Zach and Kevin that was the main event. And so I was like, if I'm going to beat Zach, because I knew Zach was going to bring his A game, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to go over the top. So I was like, what can I do? And, and you know, the, the Hotline Bling song, I mean, it's been parodied a million times by a million different people. You know, so many memes out there with Drake doing, you know, the, the pizza throw and everything else. And I was like, if I, if I do the Hotline Bling and if I shave my head and if I grow a beard and if I get the outfit, the red puffy jacket and the Michael Jordan t-shirt. So I did it like spot on. I looked like Drake. I mean, you saw the pictures, I saw right? It, yeah, I, I saw looked, it. I looked pretty good. I saw the video too. You saw the video yeah. I, and I had the moves down, man. Yeah. I practiced those moves. Anyway, I ended up winning, but barely. So you know what Zach did? Zach, he... He pulled the ace out of his sleeve. He brought Pastor Mike, surprise oh. <laughs> guest visit, and Pastor Mike helped him do the lip sync battle. No one knew Mike was going to be there. And so here comes Mike with a do-rag and gold chains and sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. Did Zach just bring Pastor Mike out? But I still won. Did you? So, yeah, I won. Wow. So... Go me. Yeah, good job. Anyway, ever since then, uh, I, I've I've just let my beard kind of keep growing, and uh, so here it is, getting getting pretty crazy. Yeah. So that yeah, that's how long it's been. Well, it's been a while, but it's good. It's good to be back. So, hey, uh, we're we're not by ourselves though today. It's not no. just you and me. No special special episode. Yeah, special episode. 
So you you set up the interview. I'll let yeah, you do the so, introduction. Yeah, uh, so we have with us Micah Brooks, and um, uh, excited to hear from Micah Brooks. He's a worship pastor and also an author. So we're going to hear a little bit from Micah today. Micah, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Hey, so Micah, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. Sure. I'm uh, I, Like you said, I'm Micah from uh, the Nashville, Tennessee area. Those of you that are in, in uh, Tennessee, you'll know Murfreesboro. It's a booming metropolis. <laughs> nice. Um, it's, it but, sounds, uh, it's about... Yeah, it sounds that? great. It sounds really big. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's about 30 minutes from Nashville, and it's growing. Um, but uh, So we're, I'm in a church there called World Outreach Church, and uh, it is uh, we range somewhere between seven or 8,000 people a weekend. I've heard of um, World Outreach. You guys, have, you guys have World Outreach banners and camps or something. <laughs> Probably our our pastor has done a lot, you know, throughout the world. So I'm sure he's yeah he's making just, his way to Washington. Well, I was just uh, down in Ohio a couple of weeks okay. ago, and I saw World Outreach Youth Camp or something banners okay. and signs posted all over Southeast. Wow, Ohio. wow, big yeah. stuff. Yeah, cool. Sorry, I cut you off. No problem. And uh, yeah, I've been a worship leader worship leader there since uh, I guess it was probably 2011 when I started with the adults. I was with the youth before then, and. Um, I've been at the church actually since I was eight. Um, I've gone in and out of the church, but uh, so I've seen it grow from somewhere between three and four hundred people to where it is today. Wow, cool! So it's, it's a great place. Yeah, that's kind of a fun journey to be on too. It is nice. not not like a lot of church. Right, worship leaders experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you uh, you kind of grew up going to the church uh, in and out, and then in 2011, um, you you came as um, uh, the worship leader, and you've been there since then in that capacity. Yeah, uh, I I got I hired as an intern back in 2006. I was going to Belmont University in Asheville. And uh, they brought me on to help with their youth program. And then um, through a change of just staff positions, they needed somebody to lead on Sunday nights. And that's, I guess, where I got my big break. Hmm. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I started the, the Sunday night so Sunday night tour, as we call it. And then um, we graduated up, I guess, to the weekend services about 2011, 2012. And uh, we lead, there's four services on Saturday night, Sunday morning. And so if you do one of those weekends, you do all four services. Whoa. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you said you went to Belmont. One of um, uh, one of the drummers at Laurelwood, a uh, fantastic drummer, she, um, she got a scholarship to play bassoon. She's a great bassoonist. Anyway, she's at Belmont, <laughs> right? Well, not now. It's summer. But uh, she, right. <laughs> she was at Belmont last year, her freshman year, and uh, she'll be a dorm director next year. So I know a little bit about Belmont. Great campus. Uh, great, great, it is. Yeah, great music program, too. This beautiful campus right in the heart of uh, Music Row in Nashville. It's actually at the end of Music Row. So. Oh, very fun. You very should fun. have her like do a drum solo and then drop everything and just pick and up a bassoon. bassoon. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. Well, it's kind of funny because uh, this last Sunday we had um, we had a young adult Sunday. So the young adult group led the entire service. They did the music. They preached. They did communion. Um, and Grace uh, was on the worship team. And I just assumed she'd be playing drums. Uh, but she was playing keyboard, which she's not even really a keyboard player, but she's just a talented musician. Yeah, that's and I, awesome. I, I joked with her afterwards. I said, Grace, what you should have done is been on the keyboard 
and then just like had your bassoon ready to go pull up your bassoon and then do a solo that's yeah, that would have been awesome that would have been awesome anyway <laughs> by the way if you hear banging that's because they're doing work downstairs and so you know you might hear some construction some construction noise going on in the background just add some ambiance you know nice right it's not somebody trying to get out nice (laughs) (laughs) let us out of the studio hey micah so um uh tell us a little bit about um kind of your your story as a worship leader have you always loved music have you always wanted to do um you know worship leadership where did that journey come from sure uh, my family, my dad, in fact, got uh, transferred from his company in Tennessee to um, an area of France called Grenoble, France, in 1998. Mm. And uh, when we moved over there, there for for somebody who didn't know the language and was learning, I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and I was I was 13 or 14 at the time, and I picked up a guitar for the first time and fell in love with that. Noticed I had a little bit of talent, uh, which which helped a lot. Uh, the internet was coming into play at that point, which <laughs> yeah. is fun to say. And um, and so I started taking, you know, teaching myself guitar through through internet websites. And uh, I joined the only English speaking church in France in that in that section of France. And they had a youth group, and uh, they needed somebody to play, you know, to lead their music. And so because I was the one that had the guitar, that's what happened. And uh, and so it was really neat. Back in when I was thirteen or fourteen is when I kind of fell in love with worship music. It was the Sonic Flood era. Sonic um, Flood. It was. Yes. Ba ba da ba ba ba. That's it. Do do do. Yeah. Weren't they, weren't they the band for DC Talk or something? Didn't they play? That's what like, I just heard. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, I think they at least on like on their tours and stuff they would play the live yeah. band stuff for DC Talk. Oh man, that's yeah, cool. they were incredible. Yeah. That's cool. And uh. So then we moved back to the United States in 2000, right after uh, Y2K, and uh, we, <laughs> you know, we didn't fall out of the sky. And uh, the um, and at that point is when I I found um, some friends of mine that we kind of started the what we call the greatest Christian rock band ever. Wow! And uh, that lasted for a few years, and then that fizzled. Um, but, was that uh, the name of it? That was the name no, of it, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it should have been. Maybe it would have lasted. Uh, but no, and, uh, and at that point, that's when we started to realize that worship music was something that we could do in conjunction with the music we were writing. Hmm. And, um, and and so, you know, that opened up a lot of opportunities for us to go throughout our, our little area touring. I think we did 80 or 90 churches in our in our opportunities, you know. And, uh, and that's when I f- fell in love with leading worship, watching people choose to honor the Lord through what we were, you know, what we were presenting. And uh, it, was, it was quite a good time. And then I went to Belmont University. The band broke up. Um, but that's when I you know, started to meet some musicians that were really, not that, not that we weren't the greatest musicians, but these, like you said, that bassoonist. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, great, that, great music program at Belmont. Yeah. That, that, and that takes you to the next level, opens your eyes to what you could be and what you're not and what you need to become. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's when, uh, that's how I, I realized that I could step up my game, meet some people that, that can really play, uh, teach me a, a little bit more about theology and kind of, I always say that at Belmont, I stepped out of my dad's umbrella of faith and kind of learned my own, you know, made my own mistakes and and uh, but really, really solidified what what I know about the Lord and what kind of was foundational going forward. And yeah. then, uh, and then in 2006, they hired me on as an intern. 
I think initially they paid me gas money or something like that. But, uh, you know, and so then I've stayed there ever since. And I've seen, you know, transformation, great leadership and, you know, made a lot of friends. Cool. Cool. And sorry, remind me one more time. What's the name of the church? Um, World Outreach. It's World Outreach Church. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, yeah, for those of our listeners, uh, you can look that up right now. World Outreach in uh, in Nashville, right? Uh, it's actually Murfreesboro. So I think it's, uh, it's wochurch.org is their website. Fantastic. Yeah, and if you're in Southeast Ohio, just look for the look for the banners for youth right. camp, and yeah. there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so sorry, my my geography is horrible. How far is like Ohio from Tennessee? It's a state away, so you yeah. have to go through Kentucky right. to get to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's where I grew up, by the way. In case you oh, didn't cool. know. Yeah, I'm from Ohio. Yeah, this guy he's a Buckeyes fan That's through right. and through. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he he loves them Buckeyes. Um, but that's another podcast. That, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Hey, Micah, um, tell us, you've been in worship leadership for a while. A lot of our listeners um, aren't just worship leaders. You know, sometimes we uh, have a lot of people who um, are, you know, uh, maybe bivocational or whatever the case is. Um, but what are some of uh what are some of the struggles that you face as a as a worship leader what what are some of the obstacles or maybe a positive way of saying it what are some things that you've been able to kind of overcome or improve on as a worship leader uh in Nashville yeah well our first off Nashville is very unique it's it's probably like living in Hollywood for you know for acting you know it's there's just a ton of of creative talent Mm-hmm. Um, especially on instruments. And so for our bigger adult ministry, one of the things we have to overcome is, um, you know, those those folks that go on the road mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. Now, but for probably for our youth ministry and probably what most people in America are dealing with is, is like you said, the bivocational idea um, that somebody's good but not great at their instrument. Right. And so we're constantly having to prune and to teach um, you know, to, to try to play as a band and not just a bunch of instruments on stage. Um, we always talk about that, that 100% rule or the, you know, the whole pie rule that you, there's a mix out there that needs to happen and you need to play your percentage of the mix or your slice of the pie and you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to underdo it. You want to play right where you're asked to play. And uh, so that's, that's one of the things that we focus real hard on uh, is playing 100%. I heard I, at some point in time there's something like a hundred thousand songwriters or something that live in Nashville. You know. Probably, <laughs> probably, um, and, and about one percent of those are making money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if 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 that. Right. Uh, but what's that? I mean, what is that like having having a lot of you know good talent in a nearby? I mean, does that put pressure on you as a worship leader? How does that? I mean, how do you? kind of carry that weight when you're working with maybe really talented people and maybe right. sometimes you don't feel like you're uh, worthy of, of <laughs> leading a group because I feel like that from time to time. Right, so absolutely. Can't imagine what uh, you would feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be definitely. awful for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it's a bad place to be, right? Um, I would say it's a lot like trying to lead up, being a younger person, having to lead somebody older than you. Uh, it's It's... In a way, you have to uh, recognize that they are not as focused on your particular task as maybe you are, mm. and try to take the best of what they have to offer while they're with you and put it into the best output possible. Um, 
and that's that's not to say that we don't have uh, some of the best talent that are also focused on the same vision as we are. It's just when they're a professional musician, this is this is a part of their job. It's not the, the biggest thing that they come excited about on Sunday mornings. Right. Um, and, and we they do a great job of, of leaning into our vision, but we have to we have to constantly be trying to uh, encourage them to realize who is out there listening to what we have to to put out. Um, and having professional musicians is one of the uh, easiest ways to to grow a non-professional musician uh, because you can you can invite them to go have coffee with this person or try to have them try to study why what makes this person a professional as opposed to somebody that's not um, as opposed to having a, a whole group of amateurs and, and everybody knows that I think that you know the the, the bigger the what do they say? The bigger that the, uh, the what is it? The, that the boats rise when, when the tide grows. I forget what it is, but uh, you know. So when you have the opportunity to play with somebody better than yourself, you you grow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now a lot of our listeners, um, you know, they they don't live in Nashville, and correct. probably a, a lot of our listeners uh, don't have professional musicians. Although some might say that Vancouver is the Nashville of the Northwest. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that. I, <laughs> right. But okay. It sounds like a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> There's your live tweet right yeah. there. Okay. Anyway, um, what was I asking? Yes. So uh, a lot of our listeners probably don't have uh, professional musicians. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us are working with volunteers and amateurs. What advice could you give uh, for those of us? Um, who you know just just have amateur musicians that play once a month. What advice could you give to um, uh, to help uh, you know improve that level, uh, improve that music musicality or that music musicship musicianship musicianship yeah. musicship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that's a great question, and it's probably the answer is probably twofold. To worship leaders who are leading teams, I would always try to recommend that you recognize where they're at. Try to Try to meet them in their place. So if they're, uh, if you can see a growth edge, don't go too hard at it. Give them opportunities to grow step by step, kind of like a one bite at a time of the elephant. Um, on the other hand, if you're a worship team member, uh, do your best to come in prepared. That is the that is the most critical aspect of worship music. Is that unlike going on the road and doing the same twelve songs every night, you're literally doing five new songs or five different songs every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Every week. Yeah, and so and that's something that worship teams are almost unique in because um, most bands just don't do that. And uh, and so I would recommend just coming in as prepared as possible. And then once you're there, because you've done that preparation, be humble and ready to listen to what your worship leader does. Um, we we believe with all our hearts as a worship staff that you're there to serve the vision of the pastor. Um, and then I would say if you're a worship team member, you're there to serve the vision of the worship leader. Um, so if he needs something more from you or something less, honor his his judgment in that. Yeah, because there, there can be that tension where maybe someone comes in with this idea like, oh, man, you know, I, I need to. You know, I need to be huge right here. Like this is right. my time. This is my time to shine. You know, and maybe you know, the worship leader is like, ah, this is kind of the the chill part of the song. <laughs> right. So yeah, that, there's kind of a natural tension there if you try to overstep that, right? Absolutely. So, uh, what is what's the vision of the church or the pastor you just mentioned? You said sure. That. 
Um, so our, our, our vision, our mission statement is to um, help people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and they say more fully devoted and not just fully devoted because, um, you know, this side of eternity, it's probably hard to get to that fully devoted thing. Um, but we, we do our best to make sure that, that the worship leader and the worship team on stage are not uh, the focal point. Um, some, and we know some worship, uh, worship teams will uh, recommend who the worship leader is that more. Oh, come listen to Micah in this place or something like that. We don't do that. Um, I think it's intentional. Uh, we, we tend to try to, to make sure that when worship happens, people are able to respond to the Lord. We say that if you, um, that we are here to minister to the Lord so that he can minister to us and not the other way around. Hmm. That's cool. And, and I, I appreciate that perspective of, you talked about earlier, the humility. And, and I, I think as artists and as musicians, uh, some of us have a natural bent towards um, not being humble, you know, and it kind of sure. goes with the territory a little, like you're on stage, you it know, does. like you got lights or whatever the case is. Right. And so I appreciate that that perspective of being humble, staying humble, uh, being sensitive to the leadership, to um, the pastor, to the worship leader, to the vision of the church. And those are really good words. I think, I mean, I, I think everyone listening right now can take because it doesn't matter who you are or what role you have. Uh, if you don't go into it with humility uh, and you have just, you know, a little bit of pride or arrogance, that can that can just kind of crush um, uh, some of what God's trying to do. Yeah, you know how many, uh, how many people I've had to twist their arm to get them to play on stage in my whole worship ministry? <laughs> how many? I think just two. Yeah. I think I've had two guys that most, were... Most people want to be on stage, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone else is like, you know, they want to... I, I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but I had this one guy who's just dying to be on stage and in his like late teens, early 20s maybe. And he was just, you know, he, he really wanted to be on stage, but um, I had never heard him play. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, we've, we've got a process we've got to go through here. If you want, if you want to play on the team, then we're going to have to do a little audition. You know, he claims he's playing, uh, he plays electric guitar, and he's been playing, jamming with guys on weekends and stuff like that. And so I take him back into uh, into the green room where the piano is, and like, uh, okay, so let's play a little bit. Let's just kind of, let's just kind of jam. You know, here's a chord chart. I don't remember what I had, but it was in the key of G. I remember that. And so I'm like, okay, let's just kind of play through this a little bit. Show me what you got. No clue whatsoever what to oh, do. Man. And Rough. so I'm like, okay, well maybe he's never played a, maybe he's never read a chord chart before. You yeah, know? he just he kind of plays by ears. So I'm said, so I said, okay, so so why don't you just play a, a G for me? I don't play I don't play guitar, <laughs> but I know how to play G C D E minor A minor. Yeah, you know, all those, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know those chords yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, if if you know anything about playing guitar, you know the first chord you learn is probably G, right? Yeah. Maybe C, but yeah, yeah it's like. And so uh, he fumbled around for about five minutes trying to find where the G was. I'm like, okay, wow. buddy, uh, you're not quite ready to be on stage. So if you want to, if you want to play with us, you wow. can get some lessons and uh, come back <laughs> in about six months and we'll wow. try it again. How, how did he take it? He he took it a little hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't we, think he um, came back at to our church. church. At our church and probably many churches around the nation, our youth ministries and college ministries are feeders for our adult ministry. Yeah, and yeah. so we believe wholly in the the farm system idea. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the places where even adults can still help us in the youth ministries. It's right. We try to use youth in all of those places, but you have to fill gaps. And, and so those are one of the ways that we use that farm team mentality. Yeah, that's mm. great. Good words. Well, um, we're running, uh, we're getting up to our time here, um, but I, I'd love to hear um, before we break uh, for the next episode, we're going to be talking with Micah in the next episode um, about a, a recent book. Um, Micah, can you give a little teaser uh, just about um, that book and kind of what we have to look forward to in the next episode here? Yes. Uh, the book is called uh, Worship Guitar in Six Weeks. And it, it, uh, the subtitle is A Complete Beginner's Guide to Learning Rhythm Guitar for Christian Worship Music. Hey, it sounds uh, like, David, it sounds like that guy could have used yeah. this book. <laughs> yes, in fact, if he wants one, if he's listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he's listening, he's probably shut off the podcast right. by now. He's all right. offended. He's talking about he's me. He's talking about right. me. In Sorry, fact, can... I think uh, week one is learning the G chord, so <laughs> <laughs> that's ironic. Uh, but it's set up in the six-week uh, six chapters, and so you would focus one week on a certain set of chords and some learning. Uh, and then it works you works you through a six week course, basically. Cool, fantastic. So you'll want to make sure uh, for those listening, come back next week. Uh, we're going to be continuing to talk with uh, Micah Brooks from uh, not sorry, not from Nashville, from Westboro. Is what's what's it's it called? Not Westboro. Westboro. <laughs> Westboro. Westboro is the church that you don't want any oh, anyone, right. <laughs> any affiliation with whatsoever. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Sorry, what is it? Again? Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, yeah. not Westboro. <laughs> But uh, hey, Micah, would you, would you uh, pass on your credentials, your information, where people can go uh, find you online and get in touch? Absolutely. My uh, my website is is micabrooks.com. Uh, Micah, just like the the minor prophet in the Bible, M I C A H. And then uh, and then you can find my book on Amazon or just go to worshipguitarinsixweeks.com. Cool. Very cool. Well, we've been talking with Micah Brooks, and uh, we've been here on Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And uh, David, how can they get in touch with us if someone wants to get in touch with you? Well, as always, you can find us online at worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, or twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com, which, by the way, that's how Micah got a hold of us. So email does work. It still works. Email still works. Isn't that crazy? And as always, we appreciate uh, the reviews on iTunes. So if you have time to flip over to iTunes and uh, leave a review, we appreciate that. But that's all the time we have for this episode. We'll see you next time on episode 168 of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 